so much of Uncomplicated really is a call to the reader to say, your life is influential and we need to stop overcomplicating so much of life because in past generations, people just lived it out. You know, I learned as a dairy farmer's wife that things have to be done. You have to figure things out. And so I, I use that phrase that the cows have to be milked. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. We're so glad you're here with us today for another episode. This is going to be our season finale for now. We'll talk about that in a minute. My name's Amelia Rhodes. I'm your co-host. And joining me today is Brenda Yoder, our faithful co-host. Welcome, Brenda. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you today. We're recording this on a rather snowy, slushy, icy Michigan, Indiana day. And so we hope you're all staying safe and warm wherever you are, whenever you listen to this. We've got a really special episode planned. Um, I'll get to that in a minute, but I want to talk about this being our season episode closer for this round. It's going to be a bit before we're back. And that is for good reasons. We have a lot going on in our lives, as we know you do as well. For me, I think I mentioned in an earlier episode that I went back to college. I started a master's degree this past fall. And so I'm in seminary and I'm taking a couple classes that started uh, just actually this week, yesterday. As we record this, I started yesterday. So homework and tests and studying. And I was making note cards here just before we started recording. I was telling Brenda before we hit record, I, I spent an hour watching some lectures and taking a quiz and reviewing and studying. So that's our life right here. And then uh, Brenda has some exciting news as well that's going to take up her spring. Brenda, what do you have happening this spring? Well, I'm birthing a new book this spring. Um, I'm excited to be releasing my third book. It is called Uncomplicated Simple Secrets for a Compelling Life. It releases uh, mid-March, and I'm really excited to do all the things that goes along with giving birth. It's kind of like a birth process, but putting putting this new book out into the world. It's really exciting. And I've watched you through the journey of this book really over a, a couple years. I feel like I've heard you talk about this book for a while and we'll get to that in a minute. But I just as your friend want to say I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you for this work, uh, for what you're releasing into the world and for the ways that it's going to just bless uh, not only our listeners, but all the women across the country who get hold of it. So just wanted to say as we get going, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I'm, that means a lot to me. Well, let's chat a little bit about this book because I think this will be a really relevant resource for all of our listeners, everyone in our Midlife Moms community. And uh, so you call it Uncomplicated, Simple Secrets for a Compelling Life. It has a beautiful cover. Go look it up on Amazon or at your local bookstore. Ask if they can get it in stock when it comes out in March. It's a beautiful cover, matches the uncomplicated theme. And I just wanted to read a couple things about it. And then we'll ask Brenda some questions. But uh, I wonder if you, our listeners, can relate to any of this. If you feel trapped in a chaotic, relentless, demanding lifestyle, there is a way to a more peaceful life. I just want to like, oh, take a deep breath right there. <laughs> Maybe you're doing that with me. Brenda L. Yoder, a counselor, career woman, and busy mom who's raised her kids on a farm in the heart of Amish country, reveals practical skills in uncomplicated Simple Secrets for a Compelling Life, a well of timeless wisdom from the Amish homestead lifestyles as well as past generations. I think that's just a great summary, not only of the book, but of the lifestyle that you've lived and the faithfulness of your life for you and your husband. And I, I think of this book as like a drink of 
just a relaxing cup of coffee, looking out at a field with the sunrise. And I have done that at your home. And so this book, I think, is a gift to the world in that we can't all sit at your kitchen table and have a cup of coffee, although we all wish we could. The book really enables us to do that. I had a chance to preview and look at it. And so that's how I would describe it. (laughs) Just take a deep breath, relax, and lean into this wisdom. So I wanted to ask you a couple questions because you've described this almost like it's not a memoir, but in some ways it is quite a bit of your story and your life. So what inspired you to write Uncomplicated? Well, I think three things inspired me. I think um, several years ago, even before the pandemic, I started noticing in the counseling office that um, there was a lack of balanced thinking or even the skills that people had to kind of come to center in their thinking, in their choices, in just how to do life. So that that was one thing of, we need to get back to the basics of like this centered thinking, but I didn't know how to put words to it. Mm-hmm. And then another principle I often found myself using with people, whether it be in the counseling office or when I was speaking, was the essential skill of problem solving and perseverance kind of put together. And I often use the phrase, um, you know, I learned as a dairy farmer's wife that things have to be done. You have to figure things out. And so I, I use that phrase that the cows have to be milked. And so (laughs) about three years ago, actually, I was at a writer's retreat up in Michigan during a snowy weekend in this last weekend in January, when we're actually recording this with a group of people and was throwing out this idea. And that's when the idea of the cows must be milked, kind of some type of principles that come from farm life that come from really these very practical skills that I've maybe gleaned or had to work, had to live as a farm Mm -hmm. life. Um, The other thing that happened that really clarified this book then the need for it was during the pandemic. I realized that when um, the rest of the world just seemed crippled, the rhythms we still have here in our Amish community still went on. Seeing horse and buggies go by my house during the shutdown, those early days gave me hope that somehow these old fashioned skills that our grandmothers used and that we still kind of have in our back pocket as midlifers, the world needs them. And then as the pandemic played out and we have an Airbnb in our home and as people visited our home and were remarking about how um, our culture here was so hopeful to them. Mm. Um, I really started realizing we have something here that I've been living in my life, not just my personal life, but in the broader community within the Amish kind of Mennonite farming community. That's kind of our very specific to our local area, but I think also the skills that those who are embedded in more old fashioned ways or that are still close to the earth doing Mm -hmm. those manual processes. We have something that the world actually might need right now. So all of that kind of catapulted into this book idea. And I would say, too, that this this book is for everyone. You don't have to live in the country. You don't have to live on a farm. The, the skills and the values that you're getting at translate 
you know, to me, and I live in a small town, but in the city, and I have like a tiny postage stamp size yard and lot, but it's the way of life, the living, the skills that just, they translate, I think to all of us. And I think you're right. It's stuff that we need with our kids. They're teenagers now, but a phrase that we've had throughout our house. And while they're growing up, my husband, who's a designer and kind of innovative, he would always tell the kids, we're going to follow the directions in our head. Like rather than Googling it, rather than looking on the internet, you know, they would create something or do something or be a problem around the house. And he would say, we're going to, we're going to use the directions in our head and problem solve it. And I think that's a great way just to illustrate, like the cows need to be milked. There's things we have to do, but there's things that we can do with our own brain and, and utilize the resources that God has given within us. So, well, thanks for sharing that. And I, it's interesting to hear the journey too. And I was in your area when COVID hit and that first shutdown started. And it was just a whole different world. But the frenzy that we experienced, you know, in the city where I was, it just come to your area and just hadn't hit. It was like, life is normal. We're going to go and we're going to milk the cows and get our groceries and bake our bread. <laughs> you know, actually that story is in the introduction. Um, I share that story in the introduction to the book of when you and our friend Sarah were here during kind of your yearly or, or twice a year visit. And, you know, many things were shutting down. And I remember us sitting there in our basement and you got the call that your kid's school had canceled. Mm-hmm. And I just remember telling you, oh, you don't have to worry about that here. Like nothing comes, nothing comes here. You know, we're, we live in Amish country that that doesn't affect us here. But then within a few days, um, yeah. our school system had, you know, followed the national trends mm-hmm. or the state trends that were closing down. So we are not sheltered from everything, but we do have some skills that I think what I realized in, in writing this book is that the, the book's whole goal is to do exactly what you said is to help translate and transfer mm-hmm. these skills that people want in their life, but we don't, we don't see them visually as much anymore as what we did in past generations. We don't see our mothers and our sisters and our peers living out a life with this very day in and day out, simple problem solving and with some simple skills and not just skills, but virtues, mindsets, and behaviors that were very readily lived out you know, probably in our parents' generation, even in our generation, you know, as, mm-hmm. as Gen Xers were the last generation who grew up without technology. So we still understand how to problem solve manually if technology fails, but um, the younger kids don't. And we're even forgetting how to do some of that too. So this really is designed for anyone who wants those uh, more simplified processes in their life and just has a hard time seeing it. And so that's why there are a lot of stories. My publisher asked for stories. They wanted personal mm-hmm. stories and it's really the doing of it. It's mm-hmm. let me show you how this is lived out in my life. Now let's figure out how to live out in your life. And these are some mm-hmm. ideas and this is what it looks like. The book goes through 10 timeless virtues, mindsets, and behaviors drawn from past generations to overcome these practical obstacles and solve daily challenges. And so each chapter, if I'm remembering right from the preview, I looked at each chapter, it really focuses on like one of these virtues. And in that is stories and how do we translate it and how do we live it out? Then you've also incorporated scripture and your faith is part of that as well. So how, how do you incorporate scripture throughout these life skills and virtues? 
What I love about that question is the fact that biblical principles are embedded in every process, every breath of life, every thing we do, whether it's our brain that God designed us to be problem solving um, creatures, whether it's in nature, a lot of the book is really drawing us to look to nature. And I think that's the beauty is um, the beauty for me is that as a secular career woman, so I am, I have always worked in the secular world. I'm mm -hmm. a public school teacher. I'm currently a public school counselor. I work as a licensed mental health counselor. So all of my professional life, I have taught these principles that the secular world say are best practices, but guess what? All of them are actually biblical principles. There is mm -hmm. nothing in science, nothing in our physiology, nothing in mental health that is um, true, good, and successful. That is not a mirror of a biblical principle. It's like surprise, God, creator of the world and holder of truth. It all translates. Science lines up. Yeah. So fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love that you've woven that in and that that's part of it. These really practical um, virtues and skills as well. So um, you talked about stories. So in the book, I know you share stories of ordinary women with compelling lives and what you admire about them. What lessons do their lives provide? So many. I I think as I really thought about um, each different virtue and as I thought about the people in my life who I saw them lived out, it was so easy to be able to say, I saw this in this person. And this is how it impacted me. And then that compels me or that compels, I think, all of us to live out that virtue. It gives us hope to live this out in, you know, someone else's life. Just for an example, um, a friend of mine didn't grow up on a farm. She grew up in a very large metropolitan southern city. And she married a farmer about the same time I did. And um, I have watched her develop these skills in her life that she completely did not have coming into marriage. And I have seen her try things and do things that even like I wouldn't have had the courage to do. And when we just watch each other live out our lives, I don't care where we live. It inspires us in so many ways and it gives us hope. And I think that, um, the, the people who lived generations ago. So my kids often laugh at me because I have watched Ken Burns documentary on the Dust Bowl probably <laughs> more times than they ever care to say that their mom watched that. But that's, that is kind of my mm -hmm. go-to um, example of people who have lived through adversity and who came out on the other side and that's what we need in our life now. And that's one thing that I really encourage readers through Uncomplicated is to look to the people in their life who have emulated the virtue that um, is in each chapter. And then um, I encourage the reader to think of how they have lived out that virtue in their life and what lessons have they learned. And there's a principle that I weave throughout that really impacted me. Um, 
by Viktor Frankl, who it is a Holocaust survivor from, he's an Austrian Holocaust survivor mm -hmm. was. And he uses a scenario of, we're all given life and we have the choice of whether we're just going to exist or whether we're going to color in the circle that is around us. And I love that visual picture. And mm. so, um, so much of Uncomplicated really is a call to the reader to say, your your life is influential. And we need to stop overcomplicating so much of life because in past generations, people just lived it out. We didn't have social media recording everything we do. We didn't have um, other people's lives to look to. We, we looked to people's lives as we watched them live it out. Nothing was curated. And so it's really a, an encouragement and a call to all of us to really look at the very simple, ordinary people in our lives. And that our life is also a testimony to other people too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the 10 virtues, can you rattle them off or at least some of them? I can. Oh, we'll see if I can do them in order here. Um, we don't have to do them in order. We wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, I, I won't catch them all if I don't do them in order. Um, it They are contentment, resourcefulness, prudence, practicality, fidelity, equanimity, and forbearance. Stewardship, interdependence, being grounded and humble, and foresight. And within foresight is kind of encompassed um, our legacy and our heritage. Mm. I love it that you've used some of these even older language words because the meaning behind them is so rich and layered and deep. And I know you get into that in the chapters. So of those, not that you can have like a favorite child, but if you had a favorite chapter, which one would it be? I was asked that on another interview and I, I do have a fondness for resourcefulness, I think just because this, the principle of the cows being milked has been just so foundational in my life. But um, the last chapter, the last two chapters on being grounded and humble and the last one on foresight, which really is about legacy and heritage, those are probably some of my favorite too, because it really brings us down to this intrinsic place mm -hmm. that all of us desire to live and yet we just don't see it lived out like like we did in past generations mm -hmm. uh, I share often in the book from a series that has been kind of foundational for me it's called the memories of Hoosier homemakers series that was put out in the 90s 80s or 90s okay let's pause there Hoosier homemaker series for those who are you know, across the country and may not know what's a Hoosier. A Hoosier is someone who lives in Indiana. Who's a Hoosier? <laughs> so memories of Hoosier homemakers. So in every county throughout the country, there should be a, an extension homemakers club, mm -hmm. which is part of like 4-H is part of a gov governmental system that was designed in the early 1900s to help homemakers learn skills. Hmm. And um, so anyway, so in the state of Indiana, they gathered stories from women in every county who lived from 1890 to the 1940s. And um, there's one of the books that is called Living Rich Lives. And I've read, I've read these things 
so often that the pages fall out. But the sentiments are just so simple. And I really just imagine a lot of our grandmothers sitting on that front porch that you talked mm. about earlier. And, you know, just kind of saying, um, you know, these are the things that I've gleaned from my life. My life was hard, but like, it's good. And we mm -hmm. just don't hear that shared as much anymore. And if we do, it's through some curated Instagram or TikTok video that is inspiring, but it doesn't seem attainable. And my goal through Uncomplicated is really to help all of these rhythms and lifestyle aspirations to be um, applicable for everybody. Mm -hmm. I uh, was thinking of you the other day when it came to resourcefulness. I can't remember if I actually texted you this or said it or not, but it was, uh, we've had too many snow days here in Michigan. And I think it was the weekend that we got 18 inches of snow and we didn't go anywhere. Church was canceled and moved online and, and everybody stayed home the whole weekend. And so it gave me a chance a weekend at home, just do some things that I had been meaning to do. And I pulled out my sewing machine, which I haven't done in quite a while. My daughter wanted a couple of things. So it was a yard of fabric. And then what do I have around the house? Cause I wasn't going anywhere. So it was just a little bit of math from my head, no pattern. And then I was like, Ooh, I wonder if I have a piece of a scrap of ribbon here and a spare button here. That's actually the spare button for a jacket. But let's just pray. I never lose the buttons on the jacket. Cause I'm going to use the button on this project. You know, and it was just like scrounging around the house to see what I already had to create this thing. Do I have an extra keychain or an extra clip? And made these couple of things that my daughter had asked for that I could send her. And it was just that image of like resourcefulness. So we have more, uh, available to us than sometimes we realize because it's so easy to just, you know, click buy on Amazon or run to the store or do something. But, but giving yourself that limitation of what do I have in my home? What do I have available to me now? Just unlocks a level of creativity. And so my husband is a designer and he always says constraints are good. Like you need constraints and in a project, you know, those constraints actually make you more creative. And I've, I've heard people talk about this. They will have a exchange student come and they go to the grocery store and tell them to pick out, you know, what kind of cereal do you want? And they're so overwhelmed because we have like a hundred varieties of cereal. So, so just the more is not always better. And so sometimes even just challenging yourself of what can I do without running to the store, without ordering something, buying it? How can I solve this problem here at my home? So it was just an example. It was so funny. I don't think I told you that story, but I thought of you because I was like, oh, I used all these bits and pieces around my house. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, that's something that um, I think where, where I live and those who live in rural, rural areas anywhere in the country, I think often run into that problem. So, you know, the other day, actually I had, we were having company over the next day and I needed to get groceries. Well, on Saturday, everything closes here at four o'clock. And I didn't really realize that. I guess I don't really shop in town. Um, but everything closes up at five o'clock, regardless any day of the week. And then you have to drive 20 miles to go to the nearest store, you know, to get anything that is after five o'clock and, and all the stores were closed. And so I drove home with, um, not what I had hoped for. And then I had to be resourceful with like, okay, so I need to figure out what I have in my freezer and all this other stuff. But, um, I would agree with that. The, I think as a mental health professional and even as one who works um, in a school system now, you know, the, the idea that, um, so many are overwhelmed. So, so many of us are anxious because we have overload of everything. 
And it's when all of that stuff is stripped away and we really just have um, simpler systems, simpler options. Mm -hmm. um, actually, do you have an example in the book of being in that cereal aisle when I came home from a mission trip and I was just overwhelmed? I just needed a yellow box of Cheerios. And you know, <laughs> I'm standing there with cereal on both sides of this aisle that's longer than a home that we had just been in in the Dominican Republic. And it really mm -hmm. puts a lot of things into perspective. Mm -hmm. It really does. You really started to touch on this, but as we you know, get ready to wrap our time, one last question. Why do you think simplicity and returning to the basics provide a compelling life for today? Because I think that it's really what God created us as humans to desire. I mean, it goes back to the very first uh, human interactions in the Garden of Eden. God gave them everything and he put constraints around that everything mm -hmm. that this is what I've given you. Um, but don't, don't look over there because that's not for you. And I think that, uh, that element of sin in our life that always keeps us hungering for the one thing we don't have keeps us open to so many options that just bombard us we as humans don't know how to use the God-given human skill of filtering things out because we're so inundated and it it's, you know, uh, it's growing at breakneck speed, this mm -hmm. amount of information that's thrown at us and all the options we have that um, truly has created a mental health crisis of anxiety um, mm -hmm. and feeling overwhelmed where people just feel crippled. And so it really is kind of a, a call back to basics that I think, so many recognize and just need to have the encouragement and the confidence to say, I can do this and I don't have to buy 40 acres and mm -hmm. to Timbuktu to do, um, I can do this right here. Start where you are with what you have and you can implement these truths and these principles in your life. You don't have to sell the farm and move away. You can do it all right where you are. Well, thanks for sharing that, Brenda. We will drop links in the show notes for where you can find the book. Go ahead and pre-order it. Uh, and we just, we just ask you, as Brenda's friends and our community here, pre-order the book. Um, ask your local bookstores if they will carry it. These are the things you can do to help an author out. And then leave a review. Get the book. Leave an honest review that just really helps on those major sites like Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, leave a review. And then share with your friends. Um, so Brenda, tell us just quick where they can find the book, where they can find you and any other ways I missed of how they can support you in this season as you do this really great work of birthing this book into the world. Yeah. So do exactly what you just said. Um, Pre-order and um, share a review. Share it with your friends. That personal, um, personal share is gold. Um, if you're on TikTok, do a book talk. That would be very fun. Um, and you can find me on at my website, brendayoder.com. You can find me on Instagram, Brenda Yoder Speaks. You can find me on TikTok, Brenda L. Yoder on TikTok and um, at Facebook at Brenda Yoder Speaker. And also here in the Midlife Moms Facebook group. And in our group. Yeah. And I would just encourage you if you see Brenda's post, she's doing some really fun reels and videos and posts um share share her posts from her author facebook page her instagram share her posts onto your pages spread the word uh, and let's get this out because this really is 
timely and needed? Um, and how many midlife moms do you know? And young women, even if you have younger um, daughters uh, who are young adults or teenagers, just if we can take hold of this, uh, I think will make a really big impact in our lives and on our mental health. Uh, so thank you for sharing that, Brenda. Thanks for sharing with the world. Uh, join us in our Midlife Moms um, group on Facebook if you're not there. We have just passed a 1,000 people in our group. I'm so excited about that. So thank you for sharing the group with your friends, getting the word out. And you have just really upped the game this past year in supporting and encouraging each other. We've had prayer requests shared. We've had uh, other just requests of like, hey, first birthday away from my kid, you know, and they're across the country, just the way you encourage and support each other just really means a lot. And just to know that we're not alone. In fact, I ran into a listener at an event recently and she's like, oh, I, I listened to the podcast and just how she had been Googling and searching some questions about midlife. And she stumbled across the podcast and she said, no one else is talking about this. There's just not a lot of spaces. So thank you for sharing your stories with us uh, in the group. And if you like this podcast, share it with friends, share the, we've got, I don't know how many seasons we're at now, like four, maybe four or five, four and five. So we've talked about a lot of different things. So during this break, while we are hard at work, birthing a, a baby book, not an actual baby that would that that's a different story birthing a book <laughs> and going to class seminary um go back and revisit some previous episodes and share them with friends uh, leave a review follow it download it um, all of that helps spread the word um, because there are other midlife moms who need what we have and so we're here to share so thanks for joining us we just pray you have a great spring uh, we will see you back here in the summer. In the meantime, stay connected in the group, share your prayer requests, share your thoughts, share your encouragement. I love that it's such a positive and encouraging group because I know this is a hard season of life and it could be easy um, to just go down a real discouraging trail, but you all don't do that. You stay positive and encouraging. You acknowledge the struggles, but you help each other through them. And that just really means a lot. It's a great space on the internet. So thanks for doing that. So thanks for joining us. Oh, Brenda has another oh, thought. I just want to say one thing to you. Um, some of our listeners may not know this is timely for spring is that I did write another book that was, that's very timely in the spring for graduating um, senior moms or for moms who are in transitional and that is fledge launching your kids without losing your mind. I just did a, um, met with a group last night in Arizona via zoom who are studying fledge, which is really designed for your season of life, Amelia, which is your in between mm -hmm. people house and the empty nest. So if you have a graduating student this spring, grab fledge, launch your kids without losing your mind and do the same thing that we just asked you to do for uncomplicated yep. with that one too. Share it with your friends, leave a review and um, let others know. So thanks everyone for sharing um, with us and sharing with our journeys. And we look forward to seeing you in a few months. Thanks for a great season. Have a great spring. We will see you when we return. Bye. Bye everyone.